0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come A New Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening and that means leading the line from the front around the captain's armband is Cole? So, Cole, I hope all is well, mates. How have you been since we last spoke?
0: Yeah, really good, thanks, Dan. You know, another good win for us to talk about tonight. You know, a minor little blip on Thursday, which I'm sure we'll come to later on. But looking forward to discussing all things Molyneux and another three points.
1: I've switched the line-up this week as James is off on a scouting trip. That means, Patrick, you're back in the first-team fold. How have you been these past seven days?
2: Oi, oi. I'm feeling good. I'm happy. It's two and two, so that's six points in the bank. Uh, The team down the road is still on zero points. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm ready to go.
1: Well, last but certainly not least, is our third guest for the show. And I'm delighted to announce that former Tottenham defender Ramon Vega joins us this week. Ramon, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on board with us. How are things with you today?
3: Absolutely my pleasure as well, Dan. Hello, guys. And always happy to talk about Tottenham Hotspurers. Well, thankfully,
1: you're in the right place. And before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect the last week and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common New Spurs app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at C-O-I-S underscore C-O-M. We're on all the major audio platforms, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If we're not on one, let me know. I'll get it sorted for you. And if you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. Right, let's get down to business. And, Cole, I know I usually start with you, but would you mind if I gave the first question to Ramon this week?
0: No, Dan, I think that's perfectly acceptable because, you know, we've finally got someone on this panel who knows a thing or two about football. So get get, get cracking away and, and we'll get the professional's view.
1: Absolutely. Let's us mere amateurs step aside because, Ramon, there's one topic which is circulating in Tottenham and everywhere else in the football world as of late, and that is Harry Kane. Now, I know you've had a, quite a public opinion or two regarding the striker as of late. What have you made of the saga that's unfolded over the past few weeks and how do you see it panning out for the end of the window?
3: Well, I will not change my mind at all whatever I say to even in public, you know, uh, in terms of the disrespectful point of view uh, uh, to the club to start with, but more ultimately the fans were pretty much made him what he is today In the same time, you know. Everybody's adored him um, and I still adore him, you know. And to have a, such a poorly communication in terms of what he really wants to do and what uh, where he wants to go, it's it's just very 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 disappointing and disrespectful. And from my point of view, that, that that lost my disrespect. And I think he's a Tottenham Hotspur player and has a contract, and there's no other compensation. You know, Man City can turn and twist whatever it wants. There is a price tag there uh, for him, and until then, he's a Tottenham Hotspur, player and he. He should be pretty much be more professional uh, in terms of how we handled such a situation because you expect it from the captain from England uh, to be uh, more professional because everybody will look to him which move and what way he's going to do it. Of course, he has to be expected to, 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 to act that, but he completely, completely uh, uh, missed that. And from my point of view, uh, I, I don't have that respect. Uh, I, I used to have that before.
1: Now, football fans are incredibly fickle. There's no bad, doubt about that. So if Kane scores 20, 25 goals this season, is it enough to repair the bridges that have been burnt over the course of the summer? Are they broken beyond repair? Or has he already checked out if he's still at the club? you know, Is he looking forward to next season, next summer, thinking, I'm going to get that move to City one way or another?
3: Well, listen, you know, as you say, the fans, that what they want, they want the best for the club. And there's no bigger played and the, the club. The club is always bigger than the player at whatever. Players come and go all the time. He had some good players, some quality players all the time. In my point of view, at this point, yes, he scored goals, but what else he's done actually for the club? Did he actually won something for the club. And that's the main question is to come into it, you know, to have such a disrespect way of dealing with the fans and on the communication point of view, I think that's, that's a very crucial point. Now, of course, if you start to score, great, but that's his job. He's a striker. He has a contract with Tottenham. He needs to score for them, you know. From my point of view, the only way he's doing it, he scores. And if he can win something with Tottenham, that's the only way I see, me personally, they might get some respect back. But until then, to be honest with you, uh, I, I lost it because I think the guy already left Tottenham without even saying anything and, and respect everybody.
1: So, stay with you, Ramon. Obviously, Kane featured against Wolves on Sunday. There was always going to be some form of comeback if he was going to be sold or not sold late in the window. So it had to happen at some point. It wasn't a great amount of minutes. It wasn't a great performance. He had a chance. He should have perhaps scored it for a player of his ilk. But if you were to offer an assessment on his performance, what would you give?
3: Well, listen, as I say, I think from from, from his mindset point of view, I don't think he was uh, even here. Because, you know, coming late, well, apparently late to the training... Uh, after the summer, everybody else who played in the Euros were already there, you know, why, there's no problem to have an extension, but there was no explanation really why they had an, ex- an extension, you know, there was all rumours, you have the copy test, you have these and that, how can an unprofessional communication going around as such a big player, especially as an Indian captain, you know, of course Nunez for him was very difficult because all this saga doesn't really, really, really kind of, Uh, put the dressing room in in, in stability. And I have to say, the lads from all the other players professionally done in the last two games. And Man City was just terrific, you know. And I have to praise them. The, 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 The players really played well. And Son, for me, my point of view, is the biggest legend at, at the club is Son. He is loyal, he, he, he's there, he's happy, he plays for Tottenham. He extended already, that's the best thing that happened for Tottenham, to be honest with you. And you can see that's, that's a personality, he knows how to be loyal to a club and how to treat the fans as well. And from my point of view, he should be the main legend at, at Tottenham Hotspur. Compared to a person we thought it would be that level, it disappointed us completely. Coming out to Wolves, yes. He's part of the club. He's still a player. And he will be, most likely, be going forward. So he needs to put his mind together. He plays for Tottenham Hotspur. Either starts to score for them again. And by the way, he needs to win something for Tottenham Hotspur. If he, he stays, he has to win something. That's the only way he will get my respect back.
1: Wow. That's quite the start for this podcast. So, Carl, let's focus a bit on the performance itself. It's another 1-0 win for Tottenham. One that makes it two wins and two in the league under Nuno. So what have you made of the performances across those two matches? Because they're not really games where the bus has been parked, but they are 1-0 wins. So what's been your frank assessment of the opening two weekends?
0: Yeah, solid start. I mean, you know, if you'd offered a six points out of six at the start of the season, you'd have taken it, um, especially given the fact that you're playing City at home. um, You know, the reigning champions, you're playing Wolves away and that's never an easy place to go. Molyneux, you know, first day of the season with fans back, you know, they're creating a big atmosphere, so the players are going to be more up for it. Um, again, like, as you say, you know, we haven't parked the bus. I think 46 shots against us in two games kind of tells you that, you know, it's not been kind of just park up and be solid at the back. Um, but the two clean sheets are what you're going to take out of that. The two wins are brilliant. Um, you know, we've managed to kind of, you know, get that season off to a good start with all the Kane stuff going on as well. So that could have played a really big part and kind of helped, you know, take the attention away and that could have caused us all sorts of problems. So you've got to look at the positives from that and just say, you know, we've still got Romero to come back in defensively. I like to think once he gets himself up to speed, he's going to fit in there somewhere um, and, and make that a little bit more solid. We've still got some players getting fitness back. Obviously, it's a good chance that we'll add to this squad um before the window closes. Kane will be the big issue if he stays or goes. If he stays, then he's got to get his head down and I'm sure he will. And then obviously, you know, he improves us again. And then if you add some better quality around that, I think, you know, it's been a positive start. You know, you've got to just look at those positives and say, you know, Dyer and Sanchez, they haven't been bad. They've had some couple of good games now, so that's really positive. Tanganga's come in there. That's been positive. Um, so I think, all in all, it, it's been a pretty decent start and one where hopefully we can keep this momentum going and build up to you know making this season a better season and put us in a fight for top four.
1: Well, Ramon, as Cole just alluded to there, 46 shots conceded across two matches. Now, ultimately, we haven't conceded, so it's not the biggest issue. But there is a sense that you can't ride your luck and concede that many shots.
3: Forever, so how much of a concern would that be for you well it's partly con- uh, a concern I mean, if I look at over both the both kind of games you know I mean City was a solid from a spirit and an attitude point of view on a home game on the home ground I think the fans were terrific you know uh, to be behind uh, the team I think that the team really uh, felt that, that. I think this is one of the reasons I think they really went enough to have that really attitude on the pitch as well. You know, at Wolves you can see already slowly, it's not perfect yet, but Nuno's influence in terms of is a very kind of detailed orientated person. He can organize teams quite well. Even on potentially weaker kind of team he might have or squad he has, he can still organize them uh, uh, on the pitch to be at least competitive uh, as such, you know. And you can see already his kind of uh, uh in there. And you can see that against Wolves, yes, he wasn't perfect, but the organisation and uh, as such within the within, on the pitch was, I think, very good. And that helped defensively to be strong uh, against them. And, and hence their 1-0 win in a way. And I think winning away always gives a huge confidence to, uh, to, any, um, to any player, especially on the second game of the season. And having six points in two games, I'll tell you that now, uh, as a player, uh, it gives you an enormous kind of uh, confidence. Of course, they will have in one stage in the next three to four games. Hopefully it goes like that, but they will have a kind of a, a negative impact in there. But they already potentially might be calculated that in uh, because the transfer period is not there. They need to add some players and from my point of view, in, in, in the midfield, more creative one, who can actually support Song and other ones as well, you know. And maybe in the back, uh, could be some centre-back coming into. Because I think, to be honest, Sanchez really played well as well. And I think he's growing on me, point of view. he started to really get confident as well in the last two games. Now, Patrick, if I bring you in here,
1: and let's sort of build on that 46-shots theme that we're just discussing, you could argue that both Man City and Wolves create so many chances they didn't have the man to put the ball in the back of the net. So... Where are these chances coming from? What are we doing wrong to allow these chances? Are we getting overrun in midfield? Is the shape wrong? What do you make of all of this?
2: Oh, great question. I think the midfield needs a bit more bite. I know we've got Oliver Skip. He's really young. He looks good. But I don't think he's ready yet. Um, I do think he's a great player. And I think it's good for us to keep him and not send him on loan again. But we need to be very wary and, and cautious that he's really young. He's still learning on the job. And he's definitely not the finished article. So we've got Hoiberg in, who's fantastic. Obviously, Oliver skips still a work in progress. Um, but I think as well, we need to be careful on the flanks. I know Regalon loves to bomb forward. Uh, but when he does, we need to make sure we cover that gap. Uh, I think they exposed that. Uh, well, I say they. Wolves exposed that uh, yesterday. Um, and Traore running at us as well. He caused so many problems. So... We just need to be a bit more cautious defensively. I think yesterday we were quite sloppy in possession. So even though Wolves had a lot of the ball, when we did get it, we had the ball and then we turned it over quite quickly. So we just need a bit more composure on the ball as well. And that's from everybody, you know, defence, midfield, obviously attack. Um, But yeah, I think we need to be careful from the wing-backs bombing forward, make sure they're covered. The centre-backs looked good again yesterday. but, yeah, I think that's probably the midfield. We need a bit more, like Ramon said, we need a bit more creativity there. But I also feel we're still missing a bit of bite. Uh, Hoiberg is fantastic, but what happens if he gets injured? We don't really have anyone there to pro- to provide that same tenacity and, and uh, desire to win the ball back.
1: Ramon, as a former defender yourself, and you just touched on Davidson Sanchez, he and Eric Dier, they've not played perfectly, but they have kept two clean sheets along with Hugo Lloris, so it's hard to find faults. Are the two centre-backs playing the right kind of football at the right time for Nuno, giving him something of a headache in terms of centre-back? Because you bought Romero, he's going to slot in at some point, but at the moment,
3: it's a case of it's not broke, so I'm not going to fix it. No, I think, you know, as a centre-back, and if you play together... Well, over the period of two years, you start to understand, you get confidence in each other, you potentially already start the weakness and the strength of each other, you know, how to cover each other. That's the way it works within the centre-backs, you know. Uh, of course, Romero will be definitely a ma- major added value and experience in, in that, of course, you know. And it's a long season. You need to have that. That's why I think that extra centre, uh, centre-back needs to be into it. But I think the key part here, yeah, when it's centre-backs, it's not just what you, on a defensive point of view, you you're doing. It's real. who actually is in front of you covering you that side and the mistakes from the you happening. That's how quick they're actually recovering it because that's where you need to help. The minute you don't have that recovery possession on the defensive side point of view, the centre-backs are completely uh, disorientated because of course you get out of your position or you're out of your comfort position. and That's where the mistakes might come into it. That part has to work a little bit more. That's high Hence, obviously, some of the shots came into uh, against balls, or some of the defensive uh, kind of uh, mistakes were happened because front of them, the recovery position was not as it should be, and I think Nuno will definitely work on that because if that works more efficiently, then the centre back will be only focusing really on that centre back uh, 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 position. But the minute you get out of your position, that's where you start to make potential mistakes, and. The, the, and and the uh, the strike start to uh, take on on you.
1: Now, Cole, it was very interesting from a substitution point of view, or the players that could have been substituted on the pitch. Out of nine players available, there were no centre backs. Now, does that mean that Nuno's got ultimate confidence in Darren Sanchez, or that everyone played so badly on Thursday that they weren't ever going to be in the mix? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, interesting one there Dan you know I mean obviously you know there were quite a few people on Twitter went there, jumping to suddenly think Romero was a bad buy after you know his first kind of game coming back to full fitness which was, was kind of laughable um, I think it's probably just a case isn't it of you know certain players not being ready or what Nuno feels not being ready to come in and kind of play at the intensity that's probably needed um, you've got Tanganga there as well he's quite a you know versatile young player so I guess if you had to make a change, you could have always kind of pushed him into the centre-half position if needed. But, I, you know, I don't read too much into that other than just fitness. Um, you know, Romero is always going to be a little bit shaky. Um, that was, you know, I, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, you know, we saw Cameron Carter Vickers come and get a performance that was, you know, quite surprising. And, and I couldn't actually believe that he was only 23 because it, it feels like he's been out on loan for about 20 years. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't read too much into it. Thursday was just a blip, a um, complete mix-up of a squad. Um... And like I say, I think we're just waiting for those players to come back, be fresh and be ready because the Premier League, the intensity that you're going to play out there is completely different. And there's no point getting someone like Romero close to being fit, risking him. And then suddenly, you know, we've had that curse over the years, haven't we, where a new signing gets injured before they've even played a game and we don't see him again till Christmas. So I think Nuno's just being cautious there.
1: Now, Patrick, what did you make of Steven Bergwijn's performance? Is there a sense that a lack of goal was now playing on his mind? He had a great chance against Manchester City, arguably not a good a chance against Wolves. But, you know, if you're sharp, you should have scored or at least tested the keeper more. So is a goal drought being too much of a burden for him at the moment?
2: Yeah, he needs to get that monkey off his back. Because I feel that yesterday he had, a good, he had a good game, he put in a good show, he had a good run out. I mean that bit of skill that he did on the sideline, where he literally dragged oh, yeah, the ball yeah. back, flicked it, and ran past. But it didn't amount to anything, unfortunately. So that's where we are with Stevie B. He looks good. He's he's working hard. He should have had an assist for Deli Ali, to be fair. But he passed the ball behind him. Ali was through on goal. And then also, if we're being you know critical of Kane's first performance, um, Kane should have scored when um when when um uh, uh, Stevie played him in. So is, you know, it's it's a bit hit and miss at the moment. Um, It feels like he's getting there. It feels like the confidence is growing, but it's still, I don't know, there's something still missing for me. Um, Obviously, he's trying, he's working, he's talented. But yeah, like you said, Dan, I think once he gets that goal, maybe we'll see him raise his level to the next level because at the moment, it still feels like he's playing within himself and he's still not, you know, at maximum.
1: Now, Ramon, the, the method of victory on Sunday came courtesy of a Delhi alley penalty. Obviously, he scored from 12 yards, but the award was through him also. So, referee Stuart, act well, gives the decision. I think, personally, it's one of those that if it goes your way, you're thinking, that's a great decision. If it goes against you, you're thinking, oh, it's a bit soft. So, what did you make of it?
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, as just mentioned, it pretty much uh, goes both ways, you know. And you've got this very... Lovely, the yeah, IR kind of scenario where well, I'm not believing at all in this, to be honest with you. But anyway, uh, I was just happy that to, uh, Tottenham got the finale. as simple as that, you yeah. know, in, in, in a selfish way of thinking, that's where you are on the pitch, you know. You don't, don't think uh, if it guess against you, you're always thinking what what's actually come to you in a positive way, you know, always, you know. And I think I was very pleased that that happened and I was always pleased for the, for Ali uh, himself, you know, to score, give and confidence. I don't think. He was in a happy place for a long time, to be honest with you. Um, I think he worked quite hard over the summer period as well to to fitness, You can see in terms of how much he actually runs up and down the pitch. Completely different position from what I saw him the last few years. But I think it's starting to suit him. I think you can see he's fresh in his mind, he's motivated. Yeah, and he really runs up and down the, uh, the pitch, and that's that's the sign—a very good sign—that the uh, the play is in a good place in his mind. And I think this call uh, for him, uh, I'm very very pleased. Well, Cole, last season when Addy played,
1: it looked like he was running in quicksand at times. He just looked really sluggish. This season, he's got sharpness. Now I know that can be attributed to it being the start of the season. You're arguably at your fittest anyway. But it's almost night and day for what we're seeing from the England international.
0: Yeah, well, I think, you know, like as you said, Dan, you know, last season, I think you've just got to put everything into perspective. You know, the guy had a manager who clearly didn't like him. You know, that that was from day one, wasn't it? You know, we saw, we saw the Amazon documentary where he kept kind of like pulling him out. And don't get me wrong, you know, he may have deserved some of that. You know, what Jose was saying, you know, you're a bit lazy in training and everything like that. Maybe Delhi brought some of it on himself, but then when he was brought in, you know, brought in for sort of half hour stints here and there, you know, one given given a game in the Europa League would play well, but then didn't get a look in again in the Premier League squad. So it's hard to kind of just flit in and out, isn't it, and kind of get some form or get some confidence going. And obviously there were issues there between him and the manager, you know, that that is kind of clear. Everything's kind of a fresh start again now, isn't it? Under Nuno, maybe Delhi has taken on some of that advice about listen, you know, before you know it, you know, the career could be gone and the game could be over. So, you know, you need to make the most of it, and maybe he has decided that he does need to knuckle down. He Mm -hmm. looks leaner and fitter than I've seen him in a long while and that's kind of been evident on the pitch so far isn't it you know when you're looking at the numbers and the stats the guy seems to have that extra something about him this season we've just got to hope that he can continue that um, you know, that sort of run into the box for that penalty, that was what he was really good at when he first burst on the scene, wasn't it? You know, coming late in the box, causing that sort of damage and, you know, defenders struggling to pick him up if the midfielder doesn't match his run. Um, so the start of his season has been really encouraging. We've just got to hope that he kind of, you know, continues this run of form, continues that desire that he seems to have because right now it looks like he's fallen in love with the game again.
1: Patrick, a lot of this comes down to aptitude and the desire to want to improve and get better. Now, if you compare Ali's, shall we say, resurgence to Tanguy Ndombele's further decline, again, it's night and day really, isn't it? And now you look at Ndombele and the murmurs are that he's edging further out the club with the transfer window shutting in, what, a week or so. A 60 million transfer could be an absolute bust. So what do you make of the French international? Where do you think he'll be come next week?
2: Oh, it's a difficult one because you know I've been, I've been ride or die for Ndombele and I've defended him till the cows come home. I've you know I've I've expressed the fact that he's a young player, he's moved to a new league, you know, a different culture. uh had to basically find his feet. He's be- been through three managers now. This is the fourth. But at the end of the day, I can't make no more excuses for him. He had the same free season as everyone else. Still not fit. Still not in shape. When he was playing, he's only playing you know sixty odd minutes, and then he's out of energy, looking flat, lungs are gone and yeah, to be fair as, talent, as talented and as exceptional a footballer he, as he is, the fact that the desire and the work rate and it just looks like the effort is not there uh, and no matter how good you are at the end of the day, you know uh, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard and that's pretty much where we lie with Ndombele, you could be the best footballer in the world but if you're not willing to put a shift in and work for the team then you're not going to make it, and uh, it's, it's at a moment as horrible as it sounds. He's a flop. He's a sixty-sixty million pound bust, and we'd be lucky if we get forty million for him right now. But if if a bid came in or offer came in for forty million, I'd say take it and we get a player in who actually wants to be there, who actually wants to ride, die, put his you know his all on the pitch because he's not even making the squad and we can't rely on him. So for me, it's time to get rid. It sounds brutal, but it's true. It's time to get rid now, man. Had enough.
1: Well, Ramon, you yourself, you have played in foreign football compared to your nationality. Obviously, you played in Italy, you played in England. How long does it take to actually settle into a league? You know, you make that transition from one type of football <laughs> to another. Can you keep using <laughs> an excuse for someone like Ndombele, third season in? So, as a footballer, do you have to give yourself six months, a whole season? How does it work?
3: Listen it's always very difficult it's a very individually in terms of attitude uh, and and to the game and the way you look at it as a professional you know um listen uh, how many english players going abroad and made it in uh, the past you know uh, we all said english players never can come abroad to europe because from the from either from the attitude of the profanation point of view, that will never make it, you know, only one or two potentially. But then that's it, you know. For us foreigners coming to England, it's obviously a very big change. But again, it's really kind of up to you as an individual how you actually take this in, because some of them are integrated very, very quick and, and, and are happy. And some of them are not, but also the atmosphere around the dressing room is also very important. Who actually takes you in? I was very, very, very lucky at that time that I had, like Justin Edinburgh, unfortunately in that time, and, you know, uh, and I was one of the only kind of foreign players that one or two at that time, you know, uh, to take in and pretty much uh, uh, embrace, and that's very important, you know, uh, to, to for the integration in, into a new league, whatever league you go into it you know and of course the language is a, a language barrier sometimes uh, doesn't help either you know to integrate because you're i you not know, understand and you're not part of the team or you're not part of the group so it's very individually kind of uh, how you actually have your mindset to it but in, he, in his case he had time now to do this you know uh, and is a definitely quality player without a doubt but again also, many quality players in my uh, uh, career, uh, but they never made it even as a professional because just the attitude uh, towards the professional side—the point of view—it was not there. And, and the minute you think you're better than everybody else, then you already lost your career.
1: Well, Ramon, I'll stay with you then on this topic of Undumbele. As Patrick says, we wouldn't—we wouldn't get sixty
3: million for him. No chance. We might not even no get. No chance. We might not, not get... in this. Not in not in this market. I'm telling you that now. Uh, uh, this is another topic I would like to say. We're talking about these massive transfer fees, 100 million there, hundred fifteen million, dollars, or whatever. Okay. We're coming out from 18 months of absolutely devastating pandemic and of financial crisis, not from the football point of view, but everybody' point of view, you know? And here we go. We're talking about 100 million there for... Uh, Jack Relish, and then we talking about Harry Kane, spending 150 million. There are clubs, and I'm telling you that up and down the country, breathing out the back, not one penny in their pocket. or oh, in Europe as well. Uh, and from my point of view, this is so unbalanced. Uh, I couldn't believe why even there is a transfer period in this season. And I would say because everybody was struggling. Financially, everybody, nobody really kind of got away with it. Of course, the Premier League has always have a bigger buffer because more money involved, you know. But they should have kind of, not an embargo, but kind of a limitation and, and cap what kind of transfer fees should be spent. And, 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 and also drill uh, it down to the grassroots, because I'm telling you that now, we're talking only about the Premier League. All the way down, you'll be surprised, they're really struggling. Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, if you think the Premier League clubs are struggling to get pennies together for a transfer, there's absolutely nothing. You go to League One and it's only Ipswich that have actually spent money across the course of the summer. It's all loans and frees. It's, it's a nightmare. It's a bloodbath. In terms it's, of the... it's
3: a nightmare. And you can tell, you know, I talk to agents. I talk, I'm, I'm within the industry of the, in that site. There's over the agents, the sporting directors, chairmen around Europe as well. And I don't know, it's, it's flat. As as you can be, most of the guys were off once to offload because they obviously they had major salary uh over the last three to four years, income didn't come in for the last eighteen months and they have a huge gap there to, to, to fill in. So most of the people wanna get off the very expensive players were on a massive salary, you know. Some of them even say, just get that away from me, don't even pay the transfer as long as I got my the salary been taken off my uh, 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 my balance sheet, you know. So it's it's it's, it's very kind of um, a difficult situation. And I always, I always look down at the grass. The Premier League always will continue to have a lot of money and, and such. But I think uh, nobody really talks about it because you always focus about these big transfers and this big news in the media and that's what I want to have. But nobody really talks about the struggle. It goes all, all the way down to the pyramid of the... Of the or the football, you know, and including fans in this case, you know, they didn't go for nearly eighteen months. Uh, look at it, the subscriptions of most of the TVs, or even tickets in the in the stadium. Hat, did we ever get discounted, or been giving a little help? That uh, you know, do you have to breach at least for another year for the fans because they've been struggling as well. Most, not all, actually, but most of them as well, you know, tr- lost jobs, you name it. And I think that uh, I find the kind of a. Uh, Rule to talk about so much money when I think majority could uh, will say struggling. Well, let's stay on the topic of money. Let's say Undumbele
1: goes for 40 million in this window, and that 40 million Ramon could go on Adama Traore. Now, he caused a bit of stress for Tottenham's defence yesterday, but you could also argue no end product. So, would you buy a player for 40 million who is not just raw strength and raw pace? Isn't
3: quite the finished article either. Is there better players you could buy for the same price? Well, <laughs> that, 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 you can't. You can't say you can buy a better price for the same price because your better player it will always be more expensive. Simple as that. You know, if there's one out there. You know, it, the question is here: What actually you want to uh, uh, buy into? The club you know it's not the better player or a more expensive player it's what actually the, the team needs to it is a characteristic the point of view, an attitude it is a player for the club does it fit in with the system Nuno wants to have it at this point but going forward because Nuno from my knowledge and knowing him very well is well-organised, detailed, and he looks in the data so most of the players into it. It really organises around the data of the players, their strength and their weakness, and, and positioning their, their, their strength in the right place, when, in the right moment. And that's what new is, or this capacity. I'm not surprised that in these two games, we already have six points, with an environment around us, obviously the Saga with Kane, uh, but still, with the players he had in the squad, get, getting six points, so he would definitely will have some negative coming in the next, uh, next, uh, uh, I would say, next seven, eight games. But from my point of view, I'm quite positive he can organize a, a decent team without major, major changes as well.
1: Cole, would you sanction a move for eight? Not just what you saw yesterday, but. What do you make of him? Because he's a bit of a mile-mike player, isn't he? I mean, even today on Twitter with the links, you've seen some people thinking, yeah, this might be the kind of different option that we need going forward under a new manager. Others are saying, for what I said earlier, there's no end product. He just runs fast. What's the point? So what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think he is one of those players that on his day and and a little bit like yesterday and and previous games where we've played them at Molyneux, you know, he has been the one man that you kind of fear getting the ball to. You know, he's strong quick and he is dangerous there's no doubt about it but you can't ignore the fact that you know a lot of the times it's it's great getting yourself in a position but if the if you can't put the right cross in at the right time or you're through one-on-one and you can't finish on a regular basis then sometimes you know the, the pace and power counts for nothing does it because you want the quality at the end of it um I don't think we're going to go for him, to be honest. I think it's an argument that everyone's having but doesn't need to have because I can't see them sanctioning a £40 million buyer for him. You know, there are rumours isn't there that the deal is pretty close for the the young lad, Saar, to come in. So I can see that being more of a signing that we make. And to be honest, for me, I don't think that's a position that we probably need to focus on right now, <clears throat> especially not spending that sort of money. So I, I would give it a miss purely because I think we've got areas of the squad that we need to probably invest in a little bit more urgently than a player like that.
1: Patrick, yes or no, very quickly, would you take Adama?
2: Yes, 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 yes. I think he's a game changer. I mean, look what he did to our team yesterday. If we had him... Uh, you've got to double up on him because he's so quick. He's so powerful. He's an exceptional dribbler. So that means that people can't double up on Son or Kane like they used to. So it will allow space for one of those two. And it also means people like Lucas, Dele, uh Stevie B running in. Uh, it would create so many problems. So I'm all for it. Definitely. Get him in.
1: Okay, split opinion then. Let's end on not a sour note, but we need to go back to Thursday and Pacos Ferreira. Patrick, I'll go back to you. Do you think the opposition were underappreciated, or do you think, in terms of the competition, the, that being the Europa Conference League, it's just not a priority this season? And if we get dumped out, then so be it.
2: Yeah, I think from what I saw, I think it was your bang on. I think we're right down the middle. We definitely under, underestimated our opposition or our opponent. And looking at the lineup and the team Nuno put out, I don't think he really cares that much about it. If we go through, we go through. If we don't, we don't. So, I mean, yeah, the lineup basically told its own story. If on Thursday we have a similar weekend line-up, then you obviously know where Nuno's priorities lay. Uh, I do think we'll go a bit stronger at home on Thursday, but then obviously we've got, uh, you know, a game on, on Sunday at home again against Watford, which uh, for our, you know, it's quite advantageous that Watford aren't that great. No disrespect to them. So we can probably put out a semi-strong team. But yeah, I don't think... Nuno sees it as a priority from the first lineup that um, he fielded.
1: Ramon, what do you make of the Tottenham showing last Thursday?
3: Sorry, mate. I was a mute. <laughs> um, well, I, as I said, I'm actually uh, disagree on they're not taking it serious. Such a league, any, any competition, you can win the medal. You have to take it extremely serious. Now, Nuno's uh, lineup. I'm not really surprised he actually tried completely a mix of new players because they're pretty much, I don't think they really played ever before together. And of course, potentially some of the misunderstanding on the pitch and maybe some are are very uncomfortable not knowing each other in terms of how to play on the pitch. But it was also a competition and an opponent, you can actually try such players because What's the point to have these players in the in the in the club if they're not even ready for the first team going forward for the season? For he was a manager, he was a good opponent in terms of level. He thinks that the players he put on the pitch were either same level or potentially even higher to compete against them. And therefore he say I'm going to try these players, because these are most likely the players I'm going to have or bring within during the season. Because it's going to be a long season, there will be injuries, you name it. Maybe with one or two new new players that came in as well, some transferred this year. So it was very, very, very difficult. If I was a new player and I'd just been jumping that game, it would be very difficult. Because you just don't understand each other yet. Because you didn't play five, ten games together yet, you know. But at the same time, it was a very, very, very good um, view from Nunoz and the coaching staff to see who is actually capable and ready on an international level to be part of it, but also going forward to be part of the Premier League uh, first team squad. So I don't think there was an underestimated side. It was really to try what kind of, what kind of quality we have in the squad and what is actually maybe needed during this transfer period to add on or maybe release some of the players that were on the, on the pitch.
1: Well, Ramon, does that mean that should Tottenham overturn the deficit, let's say they win 2-0 on Thursday, is this defeat quickly forgotten? It's just a small blip across the start of the season and then you're into the next round and then people might sort of view it as a legitimate competition. Once you get to the group stage, you think actually this is something we
3: can win. Listen, guys, we all like that. Once you go after the first or second round, you start to see, oh, goodness me, we might be on the, in the quarters and semi finals and you start to win something. Everybody gets excited because I'm a big believer. The, the minute you go in the competition, you go to win the medal. You're not just participating there. Never been. I don't like to be only just participating. I like to go to win in it. Whatever the opponent is, is it the first league or second league or got knows where from where they're coming from. You know, you go in and win it. And I don't see the, the underestimate and the don't take it seriously. because That will also disrespect the whole competition. And Tottenham Hotspurs can't allow themselves as a club like that to disrespect such a competition. They need to take it seriously and potentially put the sign on, on the map that they actually might win the first club such a competition. Because don't, don't forget, it's a new competition as well at the same time.
1: Well, exactly. History can be made. So, Cole, will Nuno bring out the big guns Will he bring out his biggest gun on Thursday?
0: Yeah, I... I... I think Kane will probably play because I think it's a case of getting the minutes in the tank there for him. So I think it's a perfect opportunity. I think, as Patrick said, I think he'll probably go slightly stronger, but I don't think he's going to suddenly go gun ho and you're going to see almost a Premier League lineup. Um, but he will definitely be stronger, and I think you definitely see Kane in there. Um, I think you might see someone like Son on the bench. Um, Romero would get another game, but I honestly think you know. I, I, For me, we've got to go out and try to win this competition. I think if you look at the teams that are involved in this competition, I think Roma are going to be the strongest side that you're probably going to come up against at some point. And obviously that is going to be quite a coincidence given the man that's in charge of them right now. But for me, when you look at this, I just think this is a competition you've got to go for because you are are literally the favourite in this and the teams that are in there, you should think you could go all the way and win it. And I think, Given the history of the club at the moment, I think we've just got to get a trophy on board, and this seems like one that you can go and win. So I don't agree with this. Just no, we're not interested in this. You know, that that's get out of this as quick as possible. For me, it's it's a trophy. It's a European competition. As Ramon said, there you can be the first name that gets engraved on that. You get that kind of you know those comments about yeah, Spurs don't win anything. And winning breeds winning. So why, why shouldn't we go to try and win this? And why shouldn't we try to, you know, what's to say we can't go far in this competition and also put a challenge for top four in? But for me, we've got to try and win this. I think we get past these on Thursday. You get in the group stages. You know, you're not going to see a Premier League game in each game because you, the opposition won't need it. But I definitely think we should try to win this. I think this is something where we're being a bit snobby here and I don't really think we're in a position as a club in terms of trophies that we're pulling in that we can kind of turn our nose up to a competition like this.
1: Well, you've only got to look at the trophy drought from 2008, haven't you? We're not in a position to be, oh, it's only the Europa Conference League. I know it's the bottom priority, but let's give it a go and hopefully we get the win on Thursday, which sets us up nicely for Watford on Sunday. And to finish the show... (laughs) I'm just going to get your predictions for the weekend. So, Ramon, we're at home to Watford. What do you reckon the score will be?
3: Well, I think I hope they continue uh, what they've done in the last two games. Improve, without a doubt, in terms of playing going forward uh, 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 what they've done against Wolves with Watford. Um, I think it's potentially even a good time to play against Watford, or even dangerous, because I think... You know, it's the third game coming into it, you know. But I see they're going to a very high confidence and and they're going to win uh, and have 2-1 for Spurs, yeah.
1: Like it, 2-1. So, Carl, what are you saying?
3: Yeah, I think
0: we're going to go into this game confident. Um, You know, the side seems to be starting to click. I think, you know, if Kane gets some minutes on Thursday, we might see him introduce a little more. I think Watford, you know, they're not to be taken too lightly because we've had seasons in the past where they've come and kind of given us a close game. But I I can see possibly a 2 or 3-0, but I'll go with 2-0. OK, and
2: Patrick, what are you saying? Uh, I'm saying 3-1. I think we'll win and win quite convincingly, but we won't keep a clean sheet. I have a feeling we'll let a goal in, but I do think that we'll win quite comfortably. 3-1, Stevie B to get on the scoreline and Kane to get the final goal.
1: Okay, wins all round. I'll continue that theme. I'll go for a slender 1-0, but a win is a win. Three nils in a row. We'll take that. Right, that is the end of the show for this week. I just need to do a quick bit of admin. And next week, we're going to record on Tuesday because of the Bank Holiday weekend. And now, I need to thank my three pod squad members for this evening. So Ramon, thanks ever so much for your time. I hope you enjoyed that and you'd like to join us again later in the season.
3: Absolutely delightful to be part of this. And as always... Good to have supporters like you guys talking about the club. Of course, I love, want something for them, and I still continue supporting. So, still continue supporting Tottenham Hotspurs. Top man, thank you for your time,
1: Patrick. I know you stepped in at late notice tonight, so thanks ever so much for doing so.
3: Yeah,
2: love it, love it. I'm always ready, as you know. You just hit me on the phone, and I'm ready to step in as and when. So, yeah, appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. And Cole, thank you for running the channels as always, and wearing that captain's armband.
0: Yeah, pleasure, Dan, and pleasure to talk to Ramon tonight. You know, like I say, he is he is a Spurs man that can know what it's like to win a trophy for the club. I was there that day, so it's an absolute pleasure to speak to him <laughs> and a pleasure to speak to you guys, and looking forward to chatting about another win next Monday, or Absol- Tuesday, as we Absol- say.
1: That's right, Tuesday. Right, with that said, it just needs me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and until next time, come on, you Spurs.
0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Koiz app now from the App Store and Google Play.